0: chapter 20 of fuel of fire this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org fuel of fire by ellen thornycroft fowler chapter 20 to what purpose it surely would have been but common sense to sell this ointment for 300 pence and give to those who cannot food afford say to what purpose was this waste o lord when the vicar of Tedley and dr Arrowsmith arrived at silverhampton hospital rufus webb's son had well-nigh gone down but he knew michael and evinced a wish to speak to him alone so the doctor went away leaving the two together i am so thankful you have come the sick man gasped i was afraid you would not arrive in time and i cannot die in peace until i have extracted a promise from you to do something for me after i am gone i will do anything in my power for you Webb replied michael rufus drew a key from a ribbon which was tied round his neck this is the key of a tin-box which you will find in my cottage at the ways promise me faithfully that you will burn the contents of that box that you will destroy them utterly and let them be consumed by the fire that may be quenched lest the fire that never can be quenched shall consume my own soul also i promise promise also that no one shall read the contents of that box save yourself and maybe your wife since those whom god hath joined together man may not put asunder i promise repeated the vicar i meant to burn them myself so that other men should not see my iniquity and glory in my shame but the god of vengeance has ordered it differently for he has ordained that what is done in secret shall be proclaimed on the housetops and that which is hidden shall be made manifest i promise faithfully that i will burn whatever i find in that tin-box and that no one shall ever look upon its contents save my wife and i an expression of peace stole over webb's white face i knew i could trust you he murmured yes you knew you could trust me a mere sinful man such as yourself but you could not trust the god whose minister i am and why should you believe that the god you worship is inferior to his own priests i have served him and feared him with all my heart that may be but you have neither loved him nor trusted him and by your unbelief you have crucified him afresh the dying man lay silent for a few minutes with closed eyes then he opened them again and said i wonder if you are right and if i have misjudged him all these years i am sure of it and do you think he will pardon me that also in addition to my many other sins for i am beginning to hope that there is mercy reserved even for me i am sure of it repeated the vicar although it is hard even for him to be misjudged by those whom he loves there are few things harder there was another pause and then rufus roused himself again and rambled on i have a sin on my conscience which i fain would confess i have made idols to myself with my own hands and worshipped them. you will find them in the tin box have you nothing on your conscience also with regard to the burning of baxendale hall the vicar spoke very distinctly he saw that the time was growing short and he longed for laurence to be cleared by rufus before rufus died yes yes that it is i was so busy watching for lettuce to come and meet me that i forgot what i was saying she always meets me when i come home in the evening you know but to-night she is late and it is growing dark too ah there is her white dress among the poppies and there are so many poppies this year and they are so red so red red like crimson and white as 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 wool the vicar finished the sentence though your sins be red like crimson they shall be made white as wool you know that Webb. but rufus was wandering yes the poppies are red see how red they are and lettuce's dress is quite white white as her own sweet soul and the flames of baxendale hall are red too like tongues of fire look how red michael made another effort to recall the sick man's senses listen webb answer me one question had you anything to do with the burning of baxendale the fading intelligence flickered up again yes i had i saw that the young man's soul must be saved though so far as by fire and i prayed god day and night that he would send down fire from heaven to consume baxendale hall and the lord who answered by fire he was god but did you do more than pray for god's sake tell me this web for the happiness of many depends upon your answer the vicar was desperate it was so hard to get a sensible reply out of webb in his present condition and it seemed cruel to press for one yet if webb died without making confession how should he michael ever face nora and her sister again nancy's life depended upon the matter at issue and nancy's life must be saved if possible speak webb the vicar urged did you do more than pray for the burning of baxendale hall yes but i could not enter the library you see where all lawrence baxendale's idols were set up as only he possessed the key webb was fully conscious now yes go on tell me all quickly i prayed for an occasion and yet none came and you never had the chance of doing what you wished yes i understand get on for heaven's sake get on said michael putting to the sick man's lips a cordial which the doctor had left with him in case it was needed The cordial did its work well and for a few moments the soul came back into rufus webb with a flash of its former fire and then the great mighty wind came and the lord was not in the wind and the earth shook and quaked withal but the lord was not in the earthquake and i stood before baxendale hall and saw it as a reed shaken in the wind and i prayed that the lord would raise it even to the ground so that the soul of laurence baxendale might be saved yes yes and what happened then my prayer was not answered the great and strong wind passed by and baxendale hall stood firm the next day there was a great calm and i stood before the lord and prayed him again that baxendale should be destroyed for Lawrence's sake and as i prayed i looked down to the ground and beheld lying at my feet a bunch of keys among others the keys of the hall and the library and i said god has delivered the hall into my hand i will go in and do with it even as i will michael's heart beat fast and he prayed that webb's life might be spared until he had made a full confession and so you went into the house he prompted the dying man's eyes were bright with unnatural excitement it was the last flicker before the light went out no just as i was going to open the front door i heard a voice say in my ear what doest thou here rufus and i answered i have been very jealous for the lord god of hosts because thy children have forsaken thy covenant and torn down thy altars and have followed after false gods but now i will destroy their idols and cause their images to cease out of the land for a second rufus struggled for breath and michael's heart stood still for fear that even now webb would die before his full confession was made but the unnatural exaltation still upheld him and he went on again then the voice said unto me son of man turn thee yet again thinkest thou that the lord seeth not or that he hath forsaken the earth to him belongeth vengeance and recompense and it is he that killeth and he that maketh alive he alone can create and he alone can destroy neither is there any that can deliver out of his hand and when the voice had done speaking unto me i turned me away from baxendale hall for i knew that i was not counted worthy to save the soul of Lawrence baxendale nor to offer up his dwelling-place as a sacrifice to the lord of hosts it is only clean hands that can offer up burnt offerings and mine were red with blood the blood of my own wife good heavens webb do you mean to say that you did not set fire to that place after all nay the burning of baxendale was not to mine honour for the lord delivered it into the hand of a woman how could you tell it was a woman and not a man that burned down the hall the vicar was now almost as much excited as rufus webb himself because the keys belonged to a woman to a woman who had left the house just before i prepared to enter it and who had done there as she listed with none to hinder her or to make her afraid and blessed among women shall she be blessed shall she be above women in the tent for to her it was given to save the soul of laurence baxendale and to burn his images with fire and to destroy the accursed things within his house rufus fell back on his pillow exhausted and dr Arrowsmith smith came and stood behind a it is nearly over now he whispered michael put his mouth close to the dying man's ear the name of the woman for heaven's sake tell me the name of the woman he entreated webb's voice was so weak as to be scarcely audible the name of the woman do you say there is but one woman's name in the whole world and that is lettuce my lettuce my wife see there she is coming to meet me through the field of poppies the red poppies don't you see her in her white dress and the little curls on her neck and the dimple in her cheek i knew she would come she never keeps me waiting look how the wind is blowing the little curls across but rufus never finished the sentence on earth us herself heard the end of it it is all over said the doctor softly michael stood as a man stunned one thought and one only still possessed his mind and branded itself upon his very soul it must have been lady alicia he kept saying over and over again to himself it must have been lady alicia on her husband's return from silverhampton nora was bitterly disappointed to learn that not only had rufus webb not confessed to having burned down baxendale hall he had also confessed to not having done so therefore the mystery was as impenetrable as ever the vicar did not tell her or anybody else webb's story about the keys and his conviction that it was a woman's hand that had actually done the deed michael now felt no doubt in his own mind that lady alicia was the culprit since so far as he knew she was the only woman who had access to the keys of baxendale hall but the discovery of her guilt would make matters worse instead of better for laurence no honourable man would touch money obtained by his own mother's crime and his misery would be increased tenfold if that mother were publicly convicted of arson so the vicar decided to lock up webb's confession in his own breast and never reveal it to anybody the following day he and his wife went together to webb's cottage at the ways and found there the tin box as rufus had said save this one box there was hardly any furniture left in the house webb had parted with almost everything he possessed in order to buy bread what do you think there is inside nora whispered to her husband probably some relic of his dead wife but we will open it and see so they unlocked it wondering what pathetic little mysteries they should find therein to their surprise they found no love tokens only heaps of manuscripts all in webb's own handwriting and to their still greater amazement they discovered that these were the manuscripts of unpublished novels at the top of the box was the following paper it is my intention to burn these manuscripts before i die so that my secret may perish with me and my sin be covered but if god in his justice sees fit to prevent this i solemnly abjure whosoever opens this box utterly to destroy its contents and to let not one escape may god forgive me my sin in writing them but they were so burned into my brain that i felt i must write them in spite of myself even though i knew i was denying the living god in so doing i believe my brain would have burst had i not given expression to the ideas which consumed it nevertheless it would have been better for me to enter into life having stamped out the intellect which separated me from my god than with all my powers to be cast into hell where their worm dieth not and their fire is not quenched i hold that novel writing and novel reading are heinous sins for whosoever loveth and maketh a lie shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone and i would rather die for lack of bread than earn money by such a means as this i will never endanger the souls of others by letting them read that which i in my folly have written but maybe i speak as a fool the mere writing of it may be forgiven me if the memorial of it perishes with me and it be destroyed for evermore signed rufus webb before burning them michael and his wife read webb's manuscripts as he had given them permission to do and they were astonished at the brilliance of the novels admirable in elegance of style mastery of delineation of character powerful in portrayal of feeling they bore the rare hallmark of genius and might have ranked had they been published among the greatest novels of the day when they had finished reading the books the vicar said that he must burn them at once nora besought him not to do so it seems a sin she said to burn books which might give pleasure to hundreds and thousands of people and do them a lot of good too besides winning fame for the author but michael was as adamant can i break a promise made to a man who is dead he asked but michael dear it seems such an awful pity that all that genius should be utterly wasted to what purpose is this waste is that what you would ask my nora yes it is think what a great deal of money these manuscripts would fetch from any publisher and what a tremendous lot of good might be done with the money wouldn't it be better to found a hospital or an orphanage or something in memory of mr webb than to keep a senseless promise which he extorted from you when probably he was delirious he wasn't delirious nora he was perfectly conscious when he asked me to make the promise and it is enjoined on the paper on the box but so much good might be done with the money persisted nora it might have been sold for three hundred pence and have been given to the poor quoted her husband nevertheless dear child i must keep my promise webb knew what he meant when he asked me to make it doesn't it strike you what it meant to him when you realized that he literally died of starvation rather than earn what he considered were the wages of sin though the source of considerable wealth lay in that box all the time and he knew it nora began to cry poor poor mr webb she sobbed it is all too sad to think about but he was a good man he was one of the saints of god said michael gently but he never found it out i expect he has found it out by now i am sure he has and then they burned the heap of manuscripts when the last scrap of paper had been consumed nora said through her tears oh michael how terrible it is to think that all that poor man's genius and strength and capacity for feeling were utterly wasted not wasted nora there is no such thing as waste in god's economy the following sunday the vicar of tetley preached a sermon on the success of failure from the text to what purpose is this waste he showed that futile efforts disappointed hopes unrequited loves unfulfilled ideals unrealized ambitions misplaced trusts none of these are really wasted that it was only when the money had been spent and the alabaster box broken and the spikenard had been spilled that the house was filled with the odor of the ointment people said that it was the best sermon he had ever preached but he said it was the best sermon that rufus webb had ever preached and perchance he was right all this time laurence baxendale was keeping away from poplar farm and nancy was slowly dying for the want of him anthony saw what was wrong with his favourite cousin and for a while held his peace upon the subject but after a bit silence was unendurable to him and he felt constrained to speak i say nan he airily remarked one day you don't seem in especially good spirits who could be in good spirits in such weather as this asked nancy looking at the rain which was drearily running down the window i admit it would be difficult and then it would be only spirits and water by the way why don't our friend baxendale come back home again he has been away an unconscionable time nancy's pale face flushed how can he come back to live among people who have said such horrid things about him my dear child sensitiveness as to the remarks of our neighbours is a sure symptom that our livers want attending to no healthy animal cares a rap what its neighbours do or do not say about it therefore i should strongly advise friend baxendale to drown his woes in calomel and return to rest in the house of his fathers by which i mean the farm of his mother nancy did not reply and there was silence for a moment then anthony suddenly blurted out i say nancy i wish you wouldn't fret after that brute he isn't worth it nancy he really isn't i suppose nobody is really worth fretting about replied nancy ruefully when you come to that but that doesn't prevent you from doing it if you are that way inclined still i wish you wouldn't do it nancy and especially about such a prig as baxendale i know i'm an idiot for doing it nobody knows that better than i do but i can no more help fretting after Lawrence than i can help breathing and it is so unlike me too i used to enjoy things so and never to mind about anything but after he came into my life everything became different and now i can no more put him out of my life again than i can change my skin and my spots a la the leopard and the ethiopian confound the fellow said anthony under his breath it is no use blaming him tony he can no more help it than i can you are the last girl that i should have expected to sacrifice her life to a brute of a man after the fashion of a settee and rot of that kind nancy laughed a sad little laugh out of which all the merriment had faded i couldn't have sacrificed myself on a common altar not on an altar that hadn't been passed by an inspector and licensed by the local authorities you know but Lawrence happened to be all that he is the best and the most honourable and the highest-minded man i ever met therefore i couldn't help loving him nor could i ever leave it off when once i had begun i say nan i wish you'd marry me and forget all that baxendale stuff nancy looked up in amazement marry you tony what an idea why i thought you were cut out to be an old bachelor the ancients remarked call no man single till he is dead or words to that effect and they were intelligent people but tony oh you needn't say you don't love me i know that well enough bless you but i don't mind admitting you to my confidence to the extent of confiding in you that i do love you little as your own conscience will tell you that you deserve such an honour and i think i could cure you of that old baxendale rot if you'd let me try do let me try nancy there's a darling nancy shook her head no tony i once gave myself heart and soul to laurence baxendale and whether he values the gift or not i cannot take it back again i'm his for time and for eternity even if he doesn't know it confound him repeated anthony and there is another reason why i couldn't marry you tony even if i would can't you see that i'm dying and shall never marry anybody now rubbish said tony roughly it isn't rubbish dear i am dying simply because i can't live without lawrence just as other people die because they can't live without food or air or water and even in dying i only care about him i know it's wicked of me but the whole point of going to heaven at all seems to be that lawrence will be there and that i shall walk in unending lanes with him through all eternity that is all i care for if the angels say to me when i get there as people say in banks how will you take it miss burton i shall say one lawrence baxendale and the rest in lanes that's my idea of heaven and nancy went out of the room shutting the door behind her confound the brute said anthony under his breath once more only this time he did not use the word confound End of chapter 20.